Well, hello there. Hey. Nailed it. Didn't see you there. Watching us patching. We still what don't see you, you there, you're to be honest. You're drinking out of some kind of mysterious bottle. This week brought to you by MeUndies and Trunk Club. Hey, come on in. Get in here. We uh, have a last minute schedule uh, change. So, uh, freshly uh, urinated Adam. This is going to be amazing to watch. Ah, ah. Uh, I'm Gus. It worked out fine, Ashley. Yeah. I'm Adam. Hey, talking <laughs> to the mic. To the mic. I'm Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ryan. And we're here to talk about video games. And video game related news. Video game accessories. Yeah. A lot of uh, video games and video game <laughs> yeah. accessories. I like that. I could, I could be the Hank Hill of, uh, of uh, video games. Yeah. Um, I want to start off right off the bat. Okay. Uh, I had a really cool opportunity uh, last week. Was it last week? It was last week. It was last week. Um, 2K contacted Bernie and I, and they flew us out, and they put us up for a night to uh, play. Not a week before last. No, it was last week. Whoa. To play Civilization Six, Ooh. so I should preface. <laughs> we by so saying excited. That Ryan just they, got, uh, he just like sat up straight like in his chair. They, he, uh, he suddenly looks engaged. It's amazing. They uh, they paid for us to fly out there and uh, and play Civilization Six. So we played uh, Civ Six for about four or five hours. So was it from a fresh game start? From a fresh, brand new game start. What country? Uh, I played. What did I play? I played the Aztecs. I like playing the Aztecs. Okay. Uh, and uh, why, Bernie, Gus? Are they your people? Uh, they, they they have they typically have really good abilities, and I like in, they launched right into a legit explanation yeah, of in, the civilization's merits. And I was Civ just trying to be racist. The uh, well, that's the reason I used to play them back in the day. Mm. But in Civ Six in particular, they uh, have an early unit called an Eagle Warrior. That if you defeat another unit in combat, then they become builders in your civilization. Oh, that's so they awesome. become slaves. Basically, yes. Uh, and Bernie it played the French. It's better than slaughter. And uh, Bernie it, took the French. Now, so and Bernie, then afterwards uh, we took a look at uh, Brazil as well. So we also so we saw uh, Aztecs, French, and Brazil. So were you playing together? Were you Ooh. each playing single player campaigns? We each played single player. Is campaigns. this Civ Six? This footage? is yeah. This is Civ Six. This is uh, Aztec right here. Uh, this is you know building the Great Water. So the big change right off the bat, <clears throat> and we talked about this, and I think a lot of this came from the fact that you know we talked with them at E3 and we did some coverage and. Uh, I think they were they were pleased that Bernie and I were such big fans of the Civilization series. I think I've played probably all of the Civilization games. And uh, one of the big changes in this particular game, or in this iteration of Civilization, is the fact that now cities take up more than one tile. So like what you were seeing there mm-hmm. was a wonder being built in a city, and you have to physically put it on the map. So you have to it's, have space for it. Right. And Which you, was, I mean, that's kind of a... a Direction they were already sort of going yes. in previous iterations, but, but it, like it, you're, there, there's really trade offs for it. So it's like you know where are you going to put it? Like are you going to put it on a square that provides a lot of food and low production? One that provides a lot of production and low food? Like what are you going to sacrifice in order to place either like a district or a wonder? And how are you going to like plan your city and grow it out so that tile no longer produces whatever it produced before, or is it just production modified? I believe the production becomes modified at okay. that point. Uh, so it's like you you don't want if you have a tile with you know extremely high food production, you may want to save that, or if extremely high um, production, what's the gear? It's production, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's like you. Well, it's is it gears now? It used to be like hammers and f- it's gears food, now. and then they had like. I think they also have added things like gold. There is gold. Yeah, it's like money, production, food, food. and then hasn't culture also been a thing? Yes, culture is also really big. So um, uh, to the point where there are now some AI, like the Brazilian AI, w- their desire is to acquire great people. Is there insurance not to just like acquire great booties? Because yeah. I mean, <laughs> if we're going to be historically accurate here, like what is Brazil known for? Sewage. Soccer, violence, and butts. Oh, and kidnappings and, and beaches. 
that and you beaches. should not go to under yeah. any yeah. circumstances. The beaches? Oh, man, I wish the beaches are yeah. That's that's they've been they've showed up that those are super infected too. No, no, no. They they said the doctor said. As long as nobody swallows more than three teaspoons of water, <laughs> they're totally fine. What? what R.I.P. What's, Olympic what is, swimmers. What's in there? Everything. Uh, yeah. Everything. Like Basically, all their trash. raw sewage just goes right that out into the so water. Fucking gross. It's you don't want to. Anyway, they said, video they said, games. They said <laughs> people competing in water sports should not submerge their head underwater <laughs> and should not swallow more than three teaspoons I, of water. Is anyone going to compete? It, they're they're all going to have floaties. Still doing it. Can you? Uh, well, I mean, if you dedicate your entire life. To, you can wait four more years. Well, but what, like, what if there are a lot of sports like uh, you know gymnastics and stuff? That's not a water sport, but there are sports where four years you may be aged out of the top. This may be your one shot. But can you imagine dedicating your entire life to this thing? You get it, like you've qualified for the Olympics, and then they tell you, by the way, you're going to be swimming in shit. That's what your life, all of your accomplishments, have led to you. Swimming and shit. Literally that sucks. Paddling your way through a river of raw sewage. <laughs> Just like congratulations, the uh, best of the during human the race. butterfly, a little poop floats by. Did you? Speaking of the, it Olympics, maybe that motivates you to go even faster to get done with it and <laughs> just get out. Speaking of the Olympics, <laughs> of did you broken. see the Overwatch update? Are you still? Talking I wanted about to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. So I, we, I do want to talk about that. We will get to that. Okay. Well, we can talk more about Sips. Okay. Well, I do want to ask one more thing about Sips okay, before we move away from it. So, if now uh, that used to be kind of a big issue with uh, city growth in civilization was you'd hit a wall where you just couldn't feed your populace any further. And if now placing items on the tiles modifies their production, it seems like you would hit a harder, faster wall. It's you can modify the tiles so that you get more food out of them. Like there's different upgrades. That's what the point of builders are. Right. Is you get them and then you can modify the tile and make it. A farm, or yeah. you know, cattle production, or something. What it so, used—I mean, it used to be in, in I think even go back far enough to like Civ Three. You could pretty by the end of the game, pretty heavily terraform yeah. every tile. But it felt like that backed off a bit in later titles. It's, it, I, I wouldn't go. I mean, it was very extreme in Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't. It's not. I don't think it's as extreme terraforming, but it's definitely a lot of modification, and mm-hmm. you can definitely see upgrades in that modification. So it's the same kind of thing where you'll plant your city and you'll see resource tiles that maybe you can't utilize right away, mm-hmm. and you need to get through your tech tree to a certain point where okay now it becomes advantageous to be close to this resource and it'll help me you know there's one thing that it, <clears throat> it seemed like civilization was always lacking and maybe it's again that's it's such a deep game that maybe i just missed a function there but uh it seems like you should have the ability to dedicate certain cities to certain tasks like this is the city that produces all the food you can actually and the food gets sent to this city kind of do that now can you? Well, with, if you got uh, different districts, you just determine districts. what districts go in, okay. right? Yeah, you can have a specialized city that has tons of science districts. Uh-huh. And be like, this is where all my science output is from. And then another one that just has a bunch of entertainment districts. Be like, uh-huh. that's where all my culture gets generated. So you can you can kind of specialize with districts now. Which can be very dangerous in early game because it's like, oh, there went my science. It can city. be dangerous even in late game when you're, you know, if you're fighting someone uh-huh. or, have, you know, having a, a war they with someone. They all the take, scientists. Right. They take, oh. they take uh, all your stuff out. So I don't think I would ever play a super specialized city like uh-huh. that just because I would be afraid to you lose gotta it. got to have a little yeah, bit of some, diversification. It's true, but there's sometimes you'd want to build a city where there's certain specialized resources like mountains tend to have higher concentrations of, of metals and mm-hmm. precious metals and things like that. But it was just so impractical to put a city there because it was going to like cap at five or ten because yeah. it couldn't make any food. Yep. So, well, it'd be interesting to see. I, I, I kind of ran into that problem mm-hmm. with my playthrough. Uh, I ran, so there's like natural wonders in the world as well. So, like, I found Mount Kilimanjaro. And I was like, oh, I'm going to build a city right next to that. Then, like, five turns later, I was like, oh, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> I like, guess to be you, fair, can't, you can't use it. There's not a lot of people living probably right next to Mount Kilimanjaro. But 
Everyone had a wonderful view. Yes, it was <laughs> true. beautiful. It's beautiful uh, does city. that count towards culture? Unfortunately, it did not. For those guys, that's a shame. Um, another weird thing was I was trying to figure out how to build a road early in the game, and I couldn't figure it out. And then Bernie is, was who he was sitting next to me playing on a different computer. He pointed out that if you set up a trade route between cities and set up traders, that I guess they beat the path down, and that slowly is wow. what starts making that's a interesting. road. So it's a it's a it's an interesting mechanic. I so I didn't we only our our game was capped at 150 turns, so we uh-huh. didn't get to see past like I don't even think we got to industrial. Uh, okay, era. so maybe once you got so, to a point, where right? So that could change later in the game. I just don't know. I only played like I said 150 turns, so I didn't get. I, this sounds ridiculous. I didn't get that far in the game. Yeah, I, I, mean, I was discussing with Bernie. He said it's it feels significantly different from <laughs> Civ Five. It's not just a change of graphic mm-hmm. styles and multi tile. So can't cities become like 30? 30-something tiles now? I'll look oh, that up. I don't up. know. You could definitely uh, expand a lot. Like, in the early game, if you have a lot of gold, if your city's not very big and doesn't have a big sphere of influence, you can buy surrounding tiles for, with gold and then use them use them to uh, expand whatever it is you want to produce with your city. Um, what was I going to say before that? Bernie said tur- tiles. Shit. I was going to say something else about the game. Oh, whatever. No. Probably wasn't important. Um, Do you remember when, when does that come out? I've- October? Okay. October sometime. Yeah, so, so it's not far off. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I played, you know, that's why recently I was playing a lot of Stellaris because it was kind of like filling my uh, my need for that kind of game. Even though it's, it's a totally different game, but still like the exploration. It scratches and, the itch. Yeah, and, you know, finding other civilizations and destroying them. Yeah, <laughs> crushing uh, them. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Uh, city-states have been expanded uh, a little oh. bit as well. So now you can send envoys to them to try to get favor with them. And if you're more favored with a city-state, you get bonuses from them liking you. Have you ever had a playthrough in any civilization where it made any sense whatsoever to be friendly with anybody? No. They always turn no. on you, right? Like, the nicer you are to them, the more they're like, you know what, five turns later, fuck you and the ground you're standing on. Yeah, that's why I always uh, try to attack first. You might as well. Except for you know, this playthrough, since I knew we had limited time when we went up there this mm-hmm. past time, I was very peaceful. And I just wanted, because I wanted to try to explore as much as I could. That's oh, this someone is, like you. This is my playthrough. They can see Kilimanjaro right there. Fuck myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, Looks great though. Looks great. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's 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 interesting. The uh, also the change in the art style that uh, I like. It. The game's gone under, and of course I, I should mention that I, I don't want to talk too specifically about combat or anything because they 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 freely admitted that they're still tweaking a lot of that. It's a game that's still very much in active development. And in fact, when I sat down, like one of the developers was like, "Oh, you know, if you should try out this mechanic and do this, and you know, you get this." And then, like, 10 minutes later, he came back. He's like, oh, no, wait, wait, wait. We actually just patched that. <laughs> like, that, that, mechanic, that mechanic's totally different now. Gotcha. I was like, okay, that's totally fine. It's de- they're definitely they're still uh, heavily in development, and mm-hmm. it's a work in progress. Yeah, I agree with you, Adam. I actually like the uh, art style, but it seems to be uh, very polarizing. People either like that it's kind of cute and cartoony and that it's visually quite different from 5, or they think it looks like a kid's game now, and they're not a fan at all. And and I can see both sides of it. For me, it it's a, almost like a little bit of a throwback or a nod to something like Civilization Revolution. That's exactly what I was going to say. Which I really enjoyed. I thought it was a very solid console strategy game, which is super, super rare. Bernie. Hi. What time uh-huh. is it, Bernie? I, I texted you. I texted you. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> do, you, do you want to flop out? Um, do we want to do swapsies? 
We can do Nicole, swaps. Talk about civilization for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're come, in the, we're in the middle Sip. of civilization. We're a, this is a, a live organic animal. The patches, and also we can make Ryan super uncomfortable a whole bunch okay. of times. No, it's I'm great. Good I'm good with this. I'm just gonna. I was gonna, gonna, gonna do this. <laughs> there we go. Let me, uh, let me, let me read Ryan, this. Ryan, that looks fantastic. Let me read this while Bernie gets uh, settled in here. I want to remind everyone: this episode of the patch is brought to you by <laughs> Me Undies. Whether you're wearing a suit or sweats, you spend almost 24 hours a day in your underwear. But instead of making a statement like Superman's tights under his everyday clothes, your underwear is probably boring. MeUndies is here to change that. Every pair of MeUndies is made from sustainably sourced modal, a fabric that's twice as soft as cotton. Nothing can describe the fit and feel of MeUndies. And we have our model right here to, <laughs> to demonstrate. But once you try them on, you'll understand why they're called the world's most comfortable underwear. And if you don't love your first pair of MeUndies, they're free. No questions asked. MeUndies has dozens of styles and limited edition prints to help you make a statement with your underwear. Whether anyone can see them or not, just like Superman. Shipping is free in the U.S. and Canada. You save up to 8 bucks a pair with the MeUndies subscription plan. Get a subscription or a single pair. Get 20% off your first order when you go to MeUndies.com slash the patch. That's MeUndies.com slash the patch for 20% off your first order. I do want to mention uh, that they very men- briefly mentioned in the copy that there's a different design of the month every month. And I believe that's this. Oh, this was um, August's design of the month, I think, that we have on it's our It's a very model back fashionable here. mannequin. So every month there's a different... Um, different pair of underwear you can try out and if you get on a subscription you don't have to worry about it you you save money that way if you look this good no one even minds if you're creeping in the background that's right you can just like roll along who's doing the work in this situation is that the mannequin in there is that the underwear well you know there's always someone loaded up there's always pairs of underwear that present better than that's others true and i do have boxers that i specifically choose because they present better and it seems like me undies they seem to do an excellent job of <laughs> presentation <laughs> really yeah. great presentation also i love the idea of limited edition every time underwear. i get my hand game on point with this thing by the way switch it's, away. It's, it's, it's <laughs> the other I, I can't say that so, i blame them uh so uh, i covered uh, some of my perspective i didn't really i, I know you played as the french i mentioned so, so it's me and you and jd that. went up too yes and jd is He's a hardcore civilization uh, player. And for those who don't know, JD is Bernie's oldest. Yes. He's yeah. 14, mad about civilization, loves it. Long-term plan as a gamer and a parent was to, I always wanted to play multiplayer matches of Civ, but I could never find anybody who would sit down for 12 hours to so do that. So he had two yeah. kids. So I, I raised two boys to like now, it's like, we'll get a pizza. <laughs> it's like 18 hours. It's not hours. an exaggeration. After we were all done playing, uh, JD started exploring around on the computer and found like developer debug logs. Yeah, I started like I, trying to parse them to figure out what was happening in the game. <laughs> and when the developers JD. was like, "Oh, yeah, that's um, that's our internal debugging." Don't log. do that. Uh, <laughs> like, don't touch that. Yeah, some of the etiquette stuff. I, I, he was learning on his first trip up there. Um, yeah, it was, I think the, it was his first the, time to go visit a game developer as like a, as a tester. And uh, 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 Bernie's strategy backfired yeah. a little bit with Teddy because now Teddy says. We're here for the weekend. Sit down. It's time to play Civ. And then you're not allowed to do anything else the whole weekend. Well, that is, there was a couple weekends where they wanted to do that, yeah. Wait, so you played as the French? Uh, oh, and this one I did because they had a gossip system. Yes. Which was... They I'm had, glad you're here to talk about it. I listened. They were, there were three things in particular we were looking at that day. Yes. Uh, Gus just went with the... Oops, sorry. Gus went the civilization he always plays, which is the Aztecs. Uh, JD Eagle played Warriors. as Brazil, which was I think they've just recently announced. Yeah. Brazil might have been today. Uh, might, might have been today. Yeah. that they announced the uh, Brazil leader, uh, and then I played as France. Who, when he, when they were describing it in the presentation initially, they were talking about Catherine, and I I immediately assumed they were talking about Russia, Catherine the Great, and uh, they were talking about Catherine of France, and she had this ability in the real world to have this like network of people that she knew, like, like almost like Littlefinger mm. and little you know, birds. Uh, little birds. That's Varys. The like the. Is it right? 
Yeah, but yeah, little but birds. A little, well, Littlefinger had his little birds. Varys had his little birds. You know, there's also like spiders and and and, and whispers, and whatever. They're they're all I little. Was birds. really into ornithology. Didn't realize. By the way, Ashley. Mm-hmm. Not a person who would play Civilization with us until I think I found her Achilles heel. I found a mod for Civ Five that turns it into a Westeros. Oh. I'm, happy to, I'm happy to play Civ. I don't want to get caught in a game with people I know will be will tell me that I have n- nothing else I can do that weekend. And I should say <laughs> this too. I'm very selfish about my time. Sometimes I just want to play like my game for a little while and uh-huh. then go do like another game. Not get. I don't want to be tied down. I, mean, I, I, I asked him about the multiplayer too in that yeah. aspect of it. And I, I think there's a possibility that this iteration, maybe not at launch, but at some point, could have something in it where they, they, they have multiplayer matches where they recognize people can't dedicate 12 to 18 hours to do it. So and they, they have function. spoken about that. That, that would be mm-hmm. very nice, yeah. Well, I mean, or even just like a scenario Like mode. shorter, shorter scenario versions. Like they, they have discussed doing that. So they're saying that it's not going to take all day now that you can do multiplayer matches over a much shorter period of time and it'll be fun i mean yeah. i would think that this would work out perfectly if you want to play multiple things because i mean there's that's the now. downside of civilization though is it tends to be all right i made a move i guess i'll just check back when everybody right. else is gone you're watching that waiting for other players yeah. mm-hmm. when, when we played another forex game masters of orion we instituted a uh a one minute time limit and so when you got to the end of everybody except for one person finishing all their moves or maintenance or whatever they're doing, uh, then it would kick in for that last person. But even that minute is like, if there's 200 turns, yeah. you could be staring at the timer for 200 minutes. It's a long time, really long time. So, uh, But I played Catherine because there was this system in place that they were showing off that day, um, which is a new kind of twist on the espionage system, which even in Civ Five, I really don't use all that much. I unlock it and I start to have it. And I'm like, I assigned my first few spies and I was like, all right, never mind. I'm not doing this. But it was way more nuanced to where you could go in and you could see uh, where your uh, like lady in waiting was. In what, in what court she was, and she would give you information about what had happened, like what they were building, what they had done with other countries. So it was really cool. It was like, and then you, and then it kept all that information there as well. Mm-hmm. So you could go back to the diplomacy screen, go to a leader, and like, kind of like scroll through like your quick history with them mm-hmm. as well, and then say, okay, now this is where they are. Because a lot of times with the d- diplomacy, I kind of lose track of that for a while sometimes in Civ games, where I'm building stuff or moving troops. And I was like, oh yeah, I should probably reach out to some of the other leaders in this world, because I haven't done that for about the equivalent of 150 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even in dealing with the, yep, uh, the AI in my yep. game, when I encountered the French AI, it was very similar where she said, you know, she requested an audience with me, and then she says, oh, I understand you're building this in this city, and, you know, you have this going on in this city. Like, fuck you. That's fuck creepy. you goddamn spies. Watching me. Yeah. Can, is there any blowback from that? I mean, can, can civilizations react negatively, or is it like a spy that is immune to that sort of thing. I I think the gossip system, from what I could see so far, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, you couldn't do anything damaging via it. So it was Mm -hmm. all this information coming in, and usually it's when you do something like sabotage industry or something like that, that, or incite revolution. Those are the kinds of things that spies do that, you know, cause at least the AI leaders to come after you, but no, there didn't seem to be really any negative repercussions from this. It was just information. Did they have any special powers like start juicy rumors? Yeah, seduce the king. You have like a Matahari who's like <laughs> who goes in and causes a bunch of a bunch of problems. But uh, and then JD, did you guys talk about JD played the Brazilian mm-hmm. civilization. We, we talked a little bit about Brazil. I talked about how the uh, Brazilian leader's quest is to acquire great people. Yes, mm-hmm. and then also I think we, uh, that the focus there too was um, a new thing in Civ Six is the concept of districts in the city. Yeah, there's a really cool thing that they do 
uh, I think throughout this whole iteration of Civ, which is they keep the history of your civilization as part of your civilization. Like if oh, you right. started off as a feudal militaristic society, mm-hmm. you'll get some bonuses. And then if you flop and go like we're an artist renaissance society and we're going to fo- focus on culture – you maintain those military bonuses as like a legacy, oh. a history of your civilization. Yeah, you don't get the full bonus of no. being that, uh-huh. that type of society, but you have a special bonus because you were that society like for Like residual for so long. That makes sense, yeah, because a lot of those things stick with a country culturally. Right. Huh. Yeah. Like if you go to like Scandinavian countries, they're not getting in boats and raiding other countries anymore, but they're all big, huge dudes that look like Vikings because, you know, that was their history. And so they, they like boats. Sorry, and they like uh, boats. Where, where is this that, uh, that I'm Take it going? easy. <laughs> <laughs> we need another mannequin to roll by in the background <laughs> with a big barbed sword. The, uh, so the districts that are- what you call it. The, <laughs> the districts uh, are a new th- part of that where your cities that you built also, they, everyone looks different and each one has a story. Like where you place buildings is important. Where you build these districts, like how you use time becomes way more important uh, in Brazil in particular you can build an entertainment district which is essentially then uh, you can invest in that district some resources to have a project and the project you could have was carnival so mm-hmm. you and you, oh, you, cool. you your resources it's like you know it's it's a replacement for late in the game in Civ when you pretty much have everything you need you you then go all right I just want this city to make happiness or I want this city to make money, it's a cooler way to do that. So you throw carnival and it makes everybody happy. You know? And, and that creates okay, yeah, okay. Right. Or you throw uh, like a like a like some kind of festival in your town or mm-hmm. something that raises money as opposed to saying this town will produce gold. Bake you know? sale. Bake sale. There you go. <laughs> they have a bake sale. Yeah, it's neat. I had I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Is it still the, the same general I mean, did you get any impression that there's a different end game? I mean it traditionally you've got we- we really no, didn't okay. see that yeah, far. Yeah, we I mean, couldn't see anything but the end game. Yeah, so like, I, I mentioned that we played 150 turns, and I don't think we got past even like medieval or anything. So interesting to see the way different people play Civ, though, because you usually play that on your own. Mm-hmm. He was at turn 140, and I was at turn 65. Like, he, he blazed through those 150 oh, turns oh, so quickly. And, uh, yeah. you were playing side by side. We were playing got single it. player yeah. side by side, right? I, got, I, I, so I burned through it pretty quick. When you finished, did you get to play again, or did you have to stare at them and say, What's oh, no, they got to so play long. again. Yeah, they started, like, another <laughs> play, but I didn't get very far in it. Yeah, we had to transfer some footage that we had and everything else. Have mm-hmm. we been able to show Yeah, we showed some of it yeah, already. we showed some. So, and I would say it's, like, some of the big changes so far that they talked about at E3 that we got to see in person was, I think the biggest thing is they took the tech tree and split it into the tech tree and the civics tree. Yes. So, with the way they handled civics in Civ Five was, I think, a new addition for Civ Five, where you had those little tiny trees in those mm-hmm. different departments, like mm-hmm. feudal, feudalism or uh, the militaristic honor stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the way they did it this time, I thought, was way better. Uh, I thought splitting the tech tree was going to be the hardest thing for me to get used to. The biggest learning curve I had, honestly, was the way they changed the art style. It does feel like a hybrid between classic civilization and Civ Rev, which you guys were talking about when I walked in. Um, so I just had to used to, but I really loved like the cartography feel of of the map because when you explore an area, yeah. it's dark, and then you go in it, you discover it. But then when you move away from it, there's no fog of war. Uh-huh. It just reverts back to like an old paper pirate map. Like that oh, style of art. That's kind of cool. You know, like, you know, dragons, you know, kind of a thing. Does it make it hard to interpret the map at that point? No, because you still have, you do like, have to get used to it, though. You okay. still yeah. kind of see, like, an outline, like, oh, there's probably a forest here or a coast. Like, it's still a map. And, like, if you identify a city there, is it just written yeah. on the map? Okay. Yeah. And it's like, oh. it's like drawn in, but then when you go back, 
as you go back to that area, you suddenly see how it's changed so much because then the map goes back to the active map, uh-huh. and it, you're like, oh, everything's a lot different now. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it was, I thought it was a really cool art style, a really cool direction for that. Yeah. There's also a really cool thing in the tech tree, tech tree uh, that I really liked uh, that I didn't even know was in the game, which is there's an active component to technology and advancing your society. For instance, if you're going to explore making boats... Um, you can do things that make you discover that technology faster when you get to it. There's these boosts that you get. Like if you wanted to um, discover, uh, you know, make, make the discovery of technology that gives you like uh, chariot archers. Mm-hmm. If you've already built three archers and you already have, say, like two uh, stables somewhere in your civilization, it makes the discovery of that much faster. Okay. So you can actively do things that lead you down a path of discovering tech a lot faster. So I'm, just, I'm actually describing it pretty poorly, but it's how I spent most of my game playing was like, okay, it's almost like uh, small little goals are like a checkboxes that you do once you look at a tech and you're like, okay, I'll go out and build that and I'll build that and that'll give me a boost to mm-hmm. discover this tech in like two turns as opposed to eight. Which, I mean, that's technology has always been, at least in playing Civ for me, that's like my main focus is I try yeah. and get out science oh, everybody yeah. else. Mm-hmm. Of course, because then you develop all the military weapons uh, and you really get ahead of everybody else. I'm and, trying to think what some of those boosts were because I feel like I'm describing it poorly, but I liked that so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like, um, I can't think of a specific example. I'm sure yeah. we have some in the footage somewhere, but yeah, it's like if you're researching something, it's like, oh, if you go destroy three barbarians, then you'll get a boost to this. It might be right. like if you were looking, mm-hmm. or if you were looking for like, yeah, like if you're trying to research some kind of weapon, like that would mm-hmm. that would uh, be a boost for it. It was almost in a weird way. It's almost like one of the things <clears throat> I like in games now is, especially with persistent games, are the daily goals, daily uh-huh. quests and things. And it's like, it almost felt like a way you could put that into yeah. Civ, but it felt very Civ and the I way felt they like, did yeah, it. And you could easily access it. Like you could easily see it like on the left side of the screen. Yes. Like, oh, you know, as you're, these are the things you're researching for your tech and your civics. Like right below it, it, it would have like the little goal for the boost. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, so you could keep an eye on it without having to go to like, menus and dig for it be like what was it it's like it's just right there i wonder how later in the game how that will change because you know as you get especially if you're science focused by the time you get to the end of it you're developing text so quickly uh and most of the things that you could side develop to or the sub objectives seem like they might go very quickly yeah, so probably, i wonder if they've slowed the tech development later in the game the, the I, active I stuff know. yeah i don't know i'd, I'd have to just to keep supporting just the active stuff one of the things i think will be a lot better in civ 6 as you get towards the end game is the ridiculous amount of maintenance that you have to do on cities now in Civ, where it's like you, and you get those late, late, like modern era games, and you're sitting there just like managing everything and like uh, something, every city seems to be finishing something a turn and you have to go through and manage all that. With districts, it seems like there's less things to build, but you still hmm. do as many things. Like you still have, you're still developing. So I feel like in the end game, and we'll see, this is all speculation, but once it gets to the point uh, where Civ 6 comes out and you get to the end game, I think that that'll be a lot more streamlined. I will say that I appreciated the, uh, I think it's Civ 5 especially, they had a, okay like city ai where you could just say just kind of make some money stuff right and it would take care of it for yeah, like cities the mayor that were lower priority. right yeah yeah you didn't have to micromanage every city if you didn't feel like it and there I mean, were a lot of that's cities what you want a local government to do right yeah. yeah you know i just want to give you a general direction make something so good you can see kind of the map there like you look in the lower left how it's got like the grayed out okay paper mm-hmm. effect or also there in the uh the northern area so what you're looking at there is that's an indication of there obviously the colored in area is the active part of the map where he can active this player can actively see what's there the browner parts that are on here are, are places he has already been 
and is not currently in. And if he had not been there, it wouldn't. It would just be a black area. Like it, it would look undiscovered. I mean, the art is not. It's different, but it's not distractingly so to me. Uh, I, not enough that I would say. I feel it's brighter. Have I've, a problem with it? It's yeah. very colorful, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and it's like, and I kind of think you know, I think people who play Civilization, it's now what a twenty-five year franchise. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Nineteen ninety-one, yeah. it came out. Yeah. I mean, the people that play it take it very seriously and consider it to be a very serious franchise. I think every change is extremely scrutinized right. and, and analyzed. Which I understand. If you're going to spend hundreds of hours playing something, you're very emotionally invested in it. You and have it, to be, right? There's a certain mindset so to turn-based strategy, have, too. Yeah, so you have yeah. certain things that you want, certain things that, that, that you're into, and you, you, know, you have a vested interest in a game being a certain way. And looking a certain way if you're staring at it for that long. Right. But here's the cool thing. is like 1991, we were talking to one of the developers, and I, and I, and I asked him, I said, uh, uh, have you been playing Civilization you know, since the beginning? Or is it now you get to work on the franchise. Well, he said, well, I was like three when the first one came out. I was like, oh, right. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's like now Civilization is at a point as a franchise, like so many other things like Star Wars and the Marvel franchises, where the people that are making these things now are people that grew up their whole lives. Right, it's always been there. It's always been there. Mm-hmm. And so now we're getting the, their take on something that they grew up and enjoyed and loved. And I think that's really cool. And I think with Civilization Six. I think there's a bit of a risk because I do definitely get the feeling like they went in and they said, we all love this franchise, but at the same time, nothing is precious. Mm-hmm. I got that feeling of like, we're not going to do things exactly the same just because they've always been done that way. And I feel like they made a lot of changes, but I feel like all of them work. And yeah. I'm, I'm super excited to play it when it comes out. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, it's a very like kill your darlings approach mm-hmm. where you just have to say anything, anything's fair game to change. It's, you know, almost like George R.R. R. Martin, anything can die, doesn't matter. Yeah. Like everyone, every, anyone and anything is a risk, except in this case, it's mechanics that can just can be killed off if they're not doing something to move it forward. I, it, it, just, while you were saying that, I was reminded of another thing that I love. One of the things that I do in games, why I like the cartography art aesthetic for the game, is I love exploring. Yeah. When, when I would play WoW with Gus, he'd go nuts because I would just like walk around and unlock the areas on the map, and I love that. There's actually experience, like when you early in the game, when you have scouts. Uh, scouts can gain experience by exploring and discovering like natural wonders and just revealing parts of the map. And so you can level up by, mm-hmm. which just makes sense for a scout because you're not going to send a scout out what to they do. beat yeah. stuff up. So like, do your job. Literally in the title. Yeah. So then this is another thing that we hadn't talked about. With the different types of government, you can get different policies. Oh. Uh, so you have like military, economic, diplomatic, and wildcard, I believe are the different ones. So it's like if you have a very military-based uh, government, then you have lots of military policies you can infect, and maybe less diplomatic ones. Or if you have, you know, maybe like a democracy, you might have less military and more diplomatic uh, options. And so you can mm-hmm. y- you can unlock these different policies that you can put into effect with each type of government that you can change as you discover new forms of government. Uh-huh. Can we rewind this footage just a little bit? Because I actually misspoke about something where in an undiscovered part of uh, the map, it's not black, it's just not drawn out map. So it's map paper, essentially. Mm-hmm. That's it's it. just like plain, it's just parchment. It's parchment. Yeah. yeah, it's parchment. And those policies, those are the things that live on. Those bonuses from those governments, yes. those are the things that give you that legacy mm-hmm. for your civilization. So, I, you know, I, I appreciate, actually, the changes because at this point, the difference in visually between Civ Five and Civ Six are not going to be that pronounced other than what they choose to do. Yeah. Um, so if you're not going to innovate, and change it up, then what's the point in buying this game? I get it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You just just right. keep playing five. Yeah. 
Yeah, I which love. you can totally do because it's still a, a perfectly playable, up beautiful, well. legitimate game that's that's there. Mm-hmm. With I, they keep they you know, and they've got lots of new content <clears throat> that's just made it better and better and better. But as someone who loves the franchise too, even those small little things that you look forward to in in the iteration changes, uh, I love the way the leaders look. They look so awesome, and they're animated like really fluidly. It's just really cool. Did they still have multiple selections of leader for each country, or is it just single? I didn't see that on the day that we played uh but i feel like uh i saw an american leader and it was teddy roosevelt and i feel like i had seen a different american leader previously that's what i was talking about that's that's what the unexplored part of the map looks like i mean that wouldn't be really a surprise honestly either way if they had it or didn't but it is something that has was already a feature so it'd be uh I would what, be what sad to see. What it go. was the question? I was I was if they have multiple leaders per country. I don't think they've made any announcements about that yet. Yeah. So I don't know. We mm-hmm. we couldn't win our playthrough. That was not an option. It seems like an unrealized DLC that the civilized, civilization yeah. franchise doesn't have. Is that mm-hmm. but they could have like you know leader packs or something like that? Yeah. But they tend to just add more civilizations. But I think that they they try to add. It seems like a lot of work. Like try to add yeah. features specific to leaders, like with Catherine de Medici, the whole gossip system. Mm-hmm. Like in, it's probably a lot of back end work and a lot of balancing for uh, for leader traits. Uh, I have a uh, here on Twitter, uh, Proof Puppet just tweeted us. My God, why is it we always talking about civilization for hours every time I tune in? Is it true? So, I mean, do, <laughs> do, you, do you tune in like once every couple of, of months? Uh, or we, years, really? I don't know the last time we talked about. Civilization. I mean, we, well, we did it's at E three, yeah. Hi. I mean, we, we did an interview at E3, and then we talked about it live at E3. But it's that like a was civilization also, game. It's going to last hours. Let's yeah. also keep in mind that E3 was months yeah. ago. Yeah, it's true. It doesn't feel like it, but it was. Hi, we're I the just, 11th hour of our podcast marathon about civilization on NPR. <laughs> it, just, it makes us feel smarter when we talk yeah. about civilization. If All we, I'm hearing is that guy needs to watch the patch more. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Just step it up, dude. Step well, up. I know as part of Game Club, you guys are playing a game that... That we've talked about in the past too, which is Shadow Complex. Mm-hmm. Did you guys talk about that already today? We have um, not. The, okay. So a uh, game club will stream uh, right following this. the patch. Been fun to watch that. Yeah, but it's not a surprise. I didn't give anything away. No, 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 yeah, because no, no, no. you did the ping no, pong ball we, last time. Yeah, so. we in, we invite people to we we announced it last month at the end of game club so that people can play along with us and, and join in the the discussion and the conversation. I'm gonna rat out Ashley. She had a whole month to play the game. She played it like this week. But she, she played I, a I, lot of it. I played it across. I played across an entire week. <laughs> As a game that's supposed to take six hours to play, I'm pretty sure I spent like 18 hours I, on it because I would be like, I think I'm going to get this. Oh, it turns <laughs> out it's all the way across the complex and I'm going to take the least efficient route to get there. So I spent a lot of time. I think of, I of played I play. it the day after we pulled it out of the cylinder. I was so excited to play it again. Yeah, yeah. It's such a, such a great game. Yeah. It really is. Um, There's like, not many drawbacks, by the way, to dating someone who's a gamer. But here's definitely one is I was when you si- try to go to sleep, I was sitting over her shoulder going, ah, oh, I love Shadow Complex. I played this on the Xbox 360. It's so awesome. And I was like trying to remember how the game worked, the mechanics uh-huh. of the, like the map and the different rooms and like you got to get to that room and how you gonna get to that mm-hmm. room. And uh, I said, yeah, I said, oh, man, this game's so great. It's, it's like somebody made a 2D Metroid. And she goes, she goes, there's, there's so many 2D Metroids. I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I, just, I just beat it out of the room. I was like, oh, that's right. I just said this stupid thing. And he ran. I think Super Metroid is probably my favorite of the, the Metroid series. Never played it. God, it's such a good game. I, you my like first Shad- one was Metroid Prime. If you like 
um, Shadow Game Complex. Cube. Well, you should now, try. Now your excuse. You, you should try Super Metroid uh, on the SNES. Yeah, I think that's literally the only Metroid I've ever played. It's still a really good game. I bought it on my Wii U Virtual Console uh, several months ago and played through it again, and it's still fucking amazing. I want to thank you for saying SNES, by the way, and not the SNES. SNES. I, I call it the NES. Do and the people SNES. do that? Do you really? You yeah. do that? He calls SNES. It's a NES and it's a SNES. It is not. No, it's that not. Wrong. <laughs> no, it's not. The uh, I have to say, while we're talking about consoles. I got an Xbox One S. Yeah. I pre-ordered it after they announced it. Me too. Anybody get a custom controller? Because those are shipped now too. Did not. No. no I yeah. think um, I'm, we thought I'm about it. Make one. I might make some like I'd, a custom yeah, controller. I, I, for I the feel net. I was really lucky. Like I pre-ordered the Xbox One S as soon as the, they went out yeah. for sale. And at the time, I was not sure which size hard drive to get because the 500 gig is inconvenient. But I've been making it work so far. But I went with the two terabyte, and as luck would have it, that's the one that they ship first. So I, I really, oh, I really? Out. yeah, I got the two terabyte as well. So. Yeah, that, those are the ones that have shipped so far. The other ones are yeah, shipping later this month. It, man, yeah. it's always the toughest like upgrade for any kind of technology when you're looking at the price upgrade to go up in storage, and you're like on the laptop or whatever. You're like, do I really need another terabyte for three hundred bucks? I mean, and you like, just put another one in later. And then I like think about sometime in the future when I'm going to be cursing this version of myself for not spending the stupid three hundred so bucks. Do you and future you fight in your mind? When you're making that debate? Actually, Future Me never really gets upset, but I always think I, I, it's the way I justify paying the money because I'm like yeah. doing myself a favor. I will say, so um, I had the, the fun. I Since I got my Xbox One S yesterday, I hooked it up and had the fun of downloading a one gigabyte system update. Yes. Immediately. Mm-hmm. But I will and say- then- and, well, and then I had to re-download all of my games. Well, no, no, no. There's another update. There's a controller update. There's oh, a yeah. controller update, too. Yeah. Yeah. At least so, it was wireless. Which, can I tell you something, too? Yeah, it was. It yeah. was all wireless. I was thinking about that when I was doing it. That's new, right? That is new. Oh, yeah. I, but I didn't use the built-in controller. Because I, oh, okay. I have an Elite, so I, just, yeah. I, use, I use my Elite. Wow. But, Brian. Uh, but I do like the new Xbox OS update. It does have a feature that I really like. Because I had to queue up a bunch of games to download, yeah. and then it shows you what your download speed is on the side. It's great, right? Oh. Is I didn't see that. I just queued them up and went to bed. Yeah, yeah I queued I them up, mean, and it's like, oh, that's cool. You can see how fast, so you have an idea of what your progress is. Because before, it was just like percentage and like a progress bar. The downside, of course, being that now I look at that number, and I'm constantly judging it and being like, internet, you better go faster. You could be, you mm-hmm. got, I'm paying for more than that. Where is it? Where is it? Right, Where's like, my data? Yeah. Who do I need to be mad at? I want to keep what, t- why is it not optimal? I want to keep talking about the Xbox, but you just reminded me of something. Fallout Shelter on the P- PC, which, by the way, Fallout Shelter, the one-year anniversary, they put out a huge update with quests. Oh, they uh, did? They've added pets a while ago. There's all new categories of like stuff. You get like Mr. Handies. But like the quest the quest and combat is really kind of interesting. It adds a new nuance to the game that I really like. And I like it on PC. There's no fucking cloud save. On PC. That's infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> How can that be? I mean, Bethesda <laughs> even has its own launcher. You buy it through the store. You would think, put a, put a cloud safe feature on this. I have PCs, you know, in different places. A lot of people do. So Look, future Bethesda just didn't take care of past You're Bethesda. You're right. <laughs> it was $30 more. Did you want to pay $5.99 for eight cloud saves? Dude, that's, that's, that's a game that's got me hooked for the microtransactions. I've gone back uh, here recently, and in the past probably like, Two or three weeks, I've been playing a hell of a lot more Fallout 4 again. Yeah, JD's I, back to it, too. I had put it down for a while, I think after the uh, Automatron DLC, and uh, I played through all of Far Harbor, and I just got the vault Tech Workshop update yeah. that came out last week. That was really short. Like That was like four quests. Mm-hmm. I think it was, but it was cheap. It was like four ninety nine or something. But I think the real draw of that one is all of the Vault-themed structures it and items It seemed like building. Fallout Shelter, but right. in the core game. Is that fair to say that? Yeah, I mean, you essentially unlock a vault, 
that's a giant empty room. And that's exactly what I did. I just filled up a wall with rooms and built like a fallout shelter style vault on the side. So did you guys really get into the whole base building aspects of the game? I never did like, until I now. It. Because it was I was achievement yeah, associated with worth. it. I liked the the fall because I, I like Fallout mm-hmm. Shelter so much. I wanted to see like how far along I could do something similar within mm-hmm. the core game itself. Mm-hmm. There was an achievement to achieve 80% happiness. I think it was 100%, 100%. happiness. 100% happiness. Fuck that. Yeah, and it was a one, in, in a place with 20 like, citizens or a lo- something? A large settlement. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't remember how it was. It was I a totally lot of people. did it. You did people it? People were super happy with me. Yeah, yeah, you make people happy by building surgery centers. I don't know why that's the thing that makes people so freaking happy. Those people haven't seen a hospital in a long time. That, <laughs> that is, is great. true. I guess if you, you know, you're growing tumors every other I day. I stub my toe and die it's, from yeah. it. Reach maximum happiness in a large settlement. Yeah. 20 gamer score. So yeah, but it's that it's that one achievement that's in every game now where it's like, oh, I just blazed through the first eighty percent achievements. Why don't I do a little research to see what the last twenty percent are? It's like you're fucked. That's like four four months of your life trying to get those last few achievements. Yeah, I mean, those game like those kind of games though have thankfully like beat out of me the desire to hundred percent games. Yeah. yeah. There's no mm-hmm. games I care about enough to torture myself <coughs> to get those achievements. I still do it. So I've been I've also been running around I'm trying okay. to find bobble hits is my other thing right Dude. now. So I'm not chasing all the achievements, but I'm trying to find all the bobble hits I didn't get in my initial playthrough. Right? You know there's all the patches in Fallout Shelter for all the weapons? For everything, uh-huh. and as you discover them, it like fills it in. What? It's a part yeah. of the game that you might not even go to. It's like there's a little catalog that shows you every weapon in the game and oh, follow each other, oh, yeah. and every outfit. Huh. And then if, as you get them, they fill them in. There's a little information about them, and then there's blank ones for the ones you haven't gotten. And I'm I'm in the process of convincing myself you don't need to fill in all of these patches. It's not <laughs> necessary for you to do that. And it's an ongoing discussion with myself. I, Before we get too far oh, away yeah. from the Xbox One, uh, Xbox One S, I do want to say there's something I'm super excited about with the Xbox One S. It solved my controller problem. The strength, the strength of the signal between oh, the controller and the oh. box, way better. There, way better. There was also... How, I'm how going, far I, away? You, I, I got to go through a wall. In a, okay. yeah. I got to go through a wall. Yeah, not, not even a full wall, but it's, it's wood. It's like a cabin door. they changed the, the radio on I asked them at E3 when yeah. they were talking about the new controllers. They said, and we redesigned the controller so you could feel like the rubber grips and everything. I go, did you make the uh, transmitter any stronger? And the person was like... We're not really. Thinking, yeah, I think yeah, at, I think at E three later in the conference they did reveal that there's also a Bluetooth transmitter in the new controllers as well, which is which great. Is probably so why I was work. able to push the updates. I would imagine. But yeah, no, I you, imagine, you, like, you that's could do wireless updates with before this PC okay. and stuff like that. Um, I imagine. And then the other thing that I guess they, they didn't <gasps> talk about at all with the Xbox One S until they started shipping it was that the GPU is overclocked in it. It is. It's overclocked. In the S? In the S. So people, uh, I forget who it was, someone did a Hmm. side-by-side analysis and discovered that there was a 10% boost in frame rate with the GPU the Xbox One S. I think it was Digital Foundry. Yeah, it was Digital Foundry. You're right. The original Xbox One, the GPU was clocked at 853 megahertz, and the new clock speed is 914 uh, and I'll have also, to load up seven days to die and see if it gets more than 12. There's also uh, an increase in the uh, ES RAM bandwidth. Is that right? Is it the frame rate on it's, seven days to die? Dude, it's bad. Really? It's real bad. I mean, it's again, it's a game preview. I'm pretty sure it's still classified as such on Xbox. Yeah. And it wasn't hugely well optimized on PC, but it's such a fun game. And they got to stop doing preview stuff on consoles. They really That's not do. the market it's for that. real bad. No, we ha- we Happy bad. Few, I've never seen a game go from like Critical Darling where I was like, oh, this is going to be the greatest thing ever to you. Why are we playing this game? <laughs> See, I don't think that was necessarily, that wasn't a console thing. I think that was a, this is a completely different game than I thought it was thing. So if you yeah. looked, if you looked at the E3 trailer, it looked like a very story driven uh, action game and it kind of, uh, Bioshock dystopian yeah. sort of society where things aren't 
what you think they are and so on. Um, it's not that game. It is, it is not a, a narrative-driven game. It's an emergent gameplay survival game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in a lot of ways, that, I kind of think that E3 trailer might have done it a disservice because instead of hyping people up about what the game is, it built a completely incorrect set of assumptions among people. So when they got their hands on the game, they said, this isn't the game that I was sold. And so I actually get that disappointment. Also, I'm not sure that it's... I I can see why it would be on early access, stuff like that. There are a lot of emerging gameplay games that are, but this one, people were expecting something different. So the combination of early build with not a lot of stuff implemented and lack of narrative driving through the whole thing combined to, I think, sour a lot of people on yeah. it, which is unfortunate That's all side because it's still, early got, access. it's still got it's a lot of potential. It's also a natural part of the cycle. They just put the game out early. Right. Like, if you look at the early trailers for everything, you look at Bioshock, the way the hand- handyman looked when they had the Bioshock Infinite trailer, and even Booker and Elizabeth, it was like, it seemed like such a different game. And if you played the game at that point in time, it'd just be like, this doesn't match what the trailer right. for this thing was at all. I, someone who didn't play it, I'm still excited about it because I'm waiting for it to come, waiting for it to come out. And this trailer that we're showing right now is really still exciting to me. It was one yeah, of the better trailer, things I saw at E3, I think. This trailer this is, is actually like the, it, it, it kind of is though, it's the prologue. It's what drives you out into the emergent area. The so there's this very building, brief like narrative thing and then you're out in the world and, and doing stuff. Hmm. Doing stuff. So you do go through this part of gameplay, but this is not much longer than the trailer. Gotcha. And Seven Days to Die actually was an interesting example of this for me because I, I first came to my attention when they did the uh, – <clears throat> they were on Kickstarter. And I've been playing it since then. And the game has morphed so much. And they're still in their alpha release. They're yeah. on alpha 14 at this point. Uh, so they haven't even gotten to a beta yet. But the game itself is very playable. and it's But the iterations of it have gone so far from what it was when I first got it to now – that we did a recent Let's Play on the Xbox, and I was telling people things that were wrong because it was stuff mm. from previous versions of the game that have, have morphed so much. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just having access to something that early, it, it's nothing like what you're going to yeah, get. It doesn't seem like a good idea. It to be. In, 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 in large form entertainment, you know, huge studios, both movies and video games and everything else, enormous successes, successes in those industries. They breed a lot. They breed almost like a whole generation of of imitators. And I think for a long period of time in gaming, we were in the post World of Warcraft world. Mm-hmm. And I think where we are now is I think we're in the post Minecraft world. Mm-hmm. I think we're we're you, in a couple of post worlds, post Minecraft, and I think we're also like a post like League of Legends. I, I would agree with Absolutely, that, for, especially yeah. for multiplayer stuff. I would totally agree with that. And we were in the post Counter Strike world for a lot of where everything was just trying to recapture that. But I think that one of the things about Minecraft is. And it was lightning in a bottle. The way that that worked with like early access and you watch that game develop over time and watching Notch build it, that was part of the story of Minecraft. doesn't work with everything. No, you can't put absolutely everything, not. You can't put everything out in early access, and you certainly can't put it out in every platform mm-hmm. in early access, I don't think. And so I think it's just so easy when you see something that makes a ton of money for a long period of time and then sells for $2.5 billion. It's really easy to say, let's do some of those things. Yeah. But you, know, it does, you can't always recapture that right. magic. I got nothing I need to read here. Go for it. Remind everyone, this episode of The Patch is also brought to you by Trunk Club. 
Summer's here and new clothes are in order, but there's a problem. Shopping takes forever and it's not always what you are looking for. Make it easy to look your best in clothes that fit you perfectly, handpicked by your own personal stylist. Go to trunkclub.com slash the patch, type in your measurements, share your likes and dislikes, and you get your very own personal stylist. They'll pick your clothes from over 80 top brands and ship them right to your door. Keep what you like, send back what you don't. Trunk Club is not just another way to shop online. Your stylist takes the time to understand your unique look. And if you live in Dallas, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, or D.C., you can stop by one of the Trunk Club clubhouses to work with your stylist in person for free. Trunk Club is not a subscription service. You get your own personal stylist, shipping is always free, and you have 10 days to try on the clothes risk-free. Make a statement at the next big event on your calendar with a look that's handpicked just for you and your style. Get started at Trunk Club today. Premium clothes, expert advice, no work, thanks to your own personal stylist at Trunk Club. Get started today at trunkclub.com slash the patch. That's trunkclub.com slash the patch. If you want to try it out, I mean, it's not going to cost you anything. Go, take a look at the clothes, accept whatever it is that they send you, and try it on. You might like it. And if you don't, you just send it back. It doesn't cost you anything. You don't pay until you keep the clothes. So go check it out, trunkclub.com slash the patch, and uh, tell them Gus sent you. I, yeah. I had a- Gus, you've been looking a lot sharper the last couple of months, and it's because of that. It's because of Trunk Club. Thank you, Trunk Club. I had an interesting thing with Trunk Club where my stylist that I was using for a long period of time left, and I had uh, a new stylist, and I was like, who are you? Yeah, what is yeah. this? I was very skeptical, but it's, a, it's, it's great. It's, a, it's, it's, a, great. It's, it's an intimate connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, did, I, didn't re- I didn't realize until the change was made that I had this intimate relationship with this person. So, um, Trunk Club did not provide my shirt today. This is day five. <laughs> so I, I want to rewind for just a second to one more thing about the Xbox One S. Um, since in their, in, in, in their E3 presser, Microsoft made such a big deal about Scorpio having six teraflops of power, yeah. and of which I made fun of at the time. I want to point out the original Xbox One has 1.31 teraflops of power. The Xbox One S is 1.4 teraflops. Hey, wow. it's a whole, Ooh. almost a whole extra 0.1 teraflop. It's a megaflop. It's a yeah. gigaflop. Yeah. They added a gigaflop. It's, a, it's a, almost. It's 900 megaflops. <laughs> <laughs> 900 megaflops. Wow, that's impressive. There is something I don't like about the. Uh, you know, one of the things that's the. I think the mission of the one strategy at Microsoft is that you're going to have this experience. It's one thing like you can play the game on the console. You can go play the game on the PC with play anywhere. It's like one experience across all the different Microsoft products. And so when things are inconsistent in that hardware strategy, it really drives me nuts. And I'm not a huge fan of the connect, but the fact that like the Xbox one S they ship it. And then they have this thing that I've seen on social media, not in the box. I'm sure I haven't dug mm-hmm. the manuals, but yeah, on social media, I've seen, oh, and if you're also a Connect user, here's where you can write away to get your free adapter right. to use the Connect with the Xbox One S. And you I'm s- like, you have to submit your serial number from your Xbox One S and your serial number from your Connect. And you just get a Connect to USB thing? Right. Or you can buy that same thing, I think, for like 30 or 40 bucks online. Oh, uh, yeah. Screw yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, I, think, that, I, think, I think it's going to lead to a lot of Connects being disconnected. I wonder hey, if. Are there that many connected? Well, so, I, I wonder. So here's here's an interesting idea. I wonder if they did not include that cable in the box to see how many people actually send away for it to see what percentage of people are. I guess they could probably monitor who's using a connect or not. Yeah, if man. it's plugged in yeah, on, sure on Xbox Live. I, I can't help but think that technology companies in this day and age, when they have an information collecting device, that they would do everything in their power to keep that thing going. I mean, you mm-hmm, look at how yeah. like long term strategies that stuff 
but like places like Facebook where they were they initially started where all of your posts weren't public and they're like, well, that was a huge design flaw when we started this platform because people were just making private posts that couldn't be seen by everybody else. And so when they flipped everything to be public, huge outcry. It's but it's like that's what their company is is pushing all that data out there. Yeah, you know what I mean? Is. And that sharing experience. That's like, always that question though that uh, I don't I I always turn it off. But the collect anonymous usage data. I guess I've never seen that. I turn it off for my kids, but I, I yeah. kind of leave it on for myself. Depends on what what I'm doing. You know. Same. Yeah. So, I, I I do sometimes do that though. Yeah, I, I always feel weird about it. I did it for my VR yeah. headset. Yeah, yeah, well, that's probably there, good for that. I felt like I was to contributing to further yeah. development. Yeah. So you were mentioning League of Legends earlier, and you just mentioned VR, and made me think about something. Uh, there's an update for Dota two that adds like a VR hub. What? What? So you can spectate Dota games using a Vive headset. Can you like move around the board? Yes, and you can teleport. Like you can change the magnification you're from high to yeah. being like <laughs> we're about to leave. you're the same <laughs> height as the as the heroes, and you can teleport around and watch the combat, and you like move around the heroes as they're fighting. Are you watching live? Or you're watching a playback. You're watching live. You can watch playbacks, or you can find uh, a game that's broadcasting live. And I, I just this morning I spent time just hopping around. I've never played Dota. Can you lock yourself to a player kind of thing? Um, not that I saw. Okay. It might be possible, but I just I mean I, I messed around with it for. 45 minutes or so, it's really cool to see a game played like that. I've never really been that interested in watching Dota, but you may have just sold me on at least watching a few games. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I've been, it's the same, I'm in the same boat as you, I think. Yeah. And it was, it was really a cool way to see the game. Um, for, probably for balance purposes and to prevent cheating, when you're in that spectating mode, there's still a fog of war. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess, so you're not spectating your buddy's game and telling him exactly what's uh-huh. going on. Mm. So there is, there is, you know, that, that makes it a little inconvenient for moving around the map, but it's still, it's still really cool. What's interesting is what you may be looking at there is an early glance at what watching sports is going to be like not too long from now. Mm-hmm. As soon as they start implementing more 360 cameras positioned Absolutely. around the... Imagine yeah. you able to like swap between cameras to get the angle that you want. It will be... I mean, it's already almost worse to be at a game from an actual like seeing what's going on perspective. Right. It's like being at a convention. Yeah. That's going to be exponentially higher when you could just put on a VR headset... And pop around to the different points of view, whichever one you feel like being at, mm-hmm. you know, panning around, seeing all of it, reversing it. It's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, the experiences at live events are, are very interesting. Like when we go to conventions, I'm always surprised when people tell me what was at the convention that I attended. And I'm like, oh, I didn't see any of that stuff. Yep. I didn't even know. And that's a, it's a huge story from the outside of the convention, but from inside, not necessarily. It right. is a huge thing at E3. I feel like a lot of people who don't go to E3 see more of E3 than we see going to it. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's an experience where it is distilled down and easier to pick through than if you're there in person. Yeah. yeah. If you're there in person, in our case, you see everything in a room that's about a size of this set. Yeah, yeah and that's, pretty much. Uh, that's your, your E3 experience. And then you have to scroll through the big hall and hope you see the right thing. Right. You can yeah. even walk by like a major booth and they might be playing a different part of the reel. Like if you walk by uh, the Square Enix booth, they run like eight different franchises and you're walking by, you might have missed like a Kingdom Hearts trailer mm-hmm. a few years ago. By the way, whatever happened <laughs> oh, to that? Oh, oh please. That's <laughs> what whatever, whatever happened to that, by the way? We'd love to know. Yeah. Well, it took 10 years for Final Fantasy 15, so... Well, we're we're I think we're past ten years for Kingdom Hearts now. Oh wow, jeez! Right? Yeah. Did we did Ashley and I talk to you about the thing that we went to New York to do? So uh, we went like to Ghostbusters do, VR. Yeah, oh we, yeah, yeah. The Destination VR thing. Did you talk about it on the patch yet? Um, uh, very very briefly. We um, it was a really cool new type of thing they're doing with VR, where they, in addition to 
um, the to what you're seeing in the display is room scale, and then they build a room <coughs> that's like that. So they can 3D print elements. It's a lot cheaper than actually like furnishing it. And then, uh, so what you see, like you could reach out to fake, like, elevators. something uh-huh. on a wall, and you could touch it, and you would get the the tactile feedback. But it, you know, it looks. Like, like it's you know kind of like also projection. totally wireless. What's totally really wireless. cool about this yeah. idea too is uh, you could, if you wanted to, and if your syncing was good and your tracking was good, turn the lights out in that room, and you could be playing in the complete yeah, darkness. Absolutely. In fact, we don't yeah. we don't know totally, we don't yeah. know if they do. They might, and we had we don't um, know what the rooms look like. Yeah, yeah, and we went with the with the boys, so there were four of us all going through this experience together, and it was very cool. You do there's like elevators. At one point, you're outside. Like on a on a walkway around a building, you're and you on a feel ledge in a high rise between windows. Oh my yeah. God. yeah, and you you feel that that scale. It looks uh, it feels like, like you're fans. really yeah, high up. They're hitting okay. you with fans. So not to spoil uh, anything, but you also get a, you get attacked by the state puff marshmallow man. Oh my and god, they, they pump in smells. Yeah, I smell oh, cool. the marshmallow. Yeah. Smell of vision is finally here after yeah. all these years. As so, long as we only smell marshmallows, it, it was interesting. Ugh. I would give it a solid our experience doing it, and it was very early. I would give it like a solid seven and a half out of ten for the experience. I wanted it to be this amazing, mind blowing eleven out of ten experience, but uh, it was just really, it's really, 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 really okay. Brief. That's well, how I felt about really it. Really okay. We're, yeah. All right. We're in the early days. It yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff's getting figured. But VR, VR, I think is is I don't know if "danger" is the right word, but I feel like it's in danger of becoming something that you go to do. Like you don't have a oh, VR right. setup in your house. I think. I think that might have been the case previously. I think as we see cheaper hardware solutions for home use that it's going to become more widespread it's just like arcades right like you would go to the arcade because the better graphics and the better systems were there but then as home consoles became cheaper and on par fidelity wise it's like well why am i going to go there and play a better game at home but i just feel like there was all this momentum for vr everyone had headsets you guys had launched all new shows uh, Mm -hmm. around vr um and everyone was getting super excited about it and then pokemon go came up an ar game and it's just like you know, mm. it's just it, it, we saw just how quickly people latched onto that technology. So I think it's going to be hard for I think it's going to be hard for VR to recover from what's coming in the AR world really, really quickly. Well, it's because, yeah, phones are an easy AR device and yeah. everyone's got one of those. You know, you've already got all the hardware you need for that. Yeah, you say, like I made a tweet about this. Like you have it, but these are f- like five hundred dollar devices mm-hmm. that come with a seventy dollar a month service plan. It's mm-hmm. like it's like you're already invested very heavily into this platform, and it's just that already exists. Yeah, it's still yeah, and it's still cheaper than a two thousand dollar computer and an eight hundred dollar headset. Maybe not. I mean, the service plan it depends on you know how much data you're chewing through. But, yeah, but you got saying. other uses out of it. Too. Yeah, I can also, by the way, I can buy a headset, and everyone in my family can use it. I got to get a different phone True. for every person. Teddy's using like an old five of Ashley's that he tethers to JD's. You have never experienced sibling rivalry until one of the kids is digitally tethered to the <laughs> other kid. <laughs> it's awesome. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. So it's anyway. really funny. Mo- a modern, a modern problems for technological parents. Uh, you should get him like a hula hoop or something that shows like the, the range <laughs> of his uh, his connectivity that way uh, Teddy has to say that close do you, do you, you remember there's a back and everything? When, uh, a you can get like uh, leashes for kids so, like uh-huh. the backpack that's got a leash just leash them to each other yeah it's, uh, it's technology that's always needs development yes leashes Pokemon you still playing anybody I, 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 yeah. I never started never got I'm, I'm playing no. taking yeah. a break so, so that's what I'm wondering Does, is it going to have the legs I'm I'm going to Japan. I'm super excited about possibly catching a farfetch. I'm gonna have so, you log in as me and catch me a farfetch. I try. I log in as Ashley when we went up to Civ Six. I it was funny because I Gus was very like uh, about Pokemon, and then JD and I were hunting up in the area around the hotel in in Northern California, and we found a war turtle 
like right there uh, that's an evolved version of the Squirtle. I, I can't believe I'm having this conversation. I know all this stuff. And I texted Gus because he was back in the hotel, and I was like, I just thought you'd want to know there's a war turtle out here in case you weren't. I know you're back and you're probably going to bed. He's like, I'll be right there. Like, <laughs> I, like, I had a long moment where it's like, I already took my shoes off. I'm relaxing. And you're like, and then you were like, it'll be here for four minutes or something. I was like, fuck. All right. <laughs> I put my actually, shoes on and went out there. That's an interesting thought, though. Is this going to start a cottage industry of people that want to collect them all? They uh-huh. can't go there, but they're like, all right, I'll give you five bucks. You log in as me. You catch something that is only in your country. Yeah, I've already oh seen. Um, I've already seen online like people post like pictures of flyers that someone's put on you know telephone poles or or boards or whatever. Where it's like, we'll babysit your kids. We'll take them Pokemon hunting for you because obviously oh. you won't want to. So, and, and they were like, by the way. All the numbers were gone. Like all the tabs yep. had been pulled. People oh were pulling gosh. them to, to, so, take, to take their kids' Pokemon hunting for we, them. We gotta, we're about time. We, gotta, we, we are at time. So um, uh, let's cut. Let's get. <laughs> I, I feel, but let's get Adam back for the post show. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, you gotta for go anyway. Everybody. I do gotta go. And I think we'll bring on Eddie go as well because you gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll see you guys and uh, enjoy the game clubs. I like my frame right there. Hello. Hey. It's game club. Now with Fancy Mics, can you hear me now? This game club Good. is about Shadow Complex. Yes, so Shadow Complex, um, this was my suggestion. I'm pretty proud of the suggestion because I really enjoy the game and I hope more people played it. it um, this is a game that originally came out in 2009 and uh, I thought was one of the games that really like set the bar for Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah, absolutely. This was one of the games that showed like how... Like that, that smaller, downloadable indie style game could be done. Um, it was made by Chair Entertainment, which are now the guys. They they moved on and decided like we'll just make Infinity Blade and make yeah. fuck <laughs> off money. Uh, so I don't think we'll so see we another. So we get no Shadow, Shadow Complex Two. It's been rumored. Shadow not. Complex Two has been rumored to be in development ever since the first Shadow Complex <laughs> well, came out. Well, it was out. such a hit, and it's not like the. I mean, again, we're, we're, this is a spoiler thing. So again, the story doesn't leave it in a place where you're like, well, I couldn't follow Can, that up. Let's talk. About okay. the story of you, Shadow Yeah, Complex. like but what fucking g- story? Okay. I mean, g- g- give me a second. First, I want to say I did play it on the Xbox One. They had a remastered I, yeah. version. I played it on the Xbox One there's, as well, the remastered version. There's also yeah. a PC version where if you downloaded um, like Epic's Game Launcher earlier this year, you could have gotten it for free. So I've got it on my PC also. Nice. But I played it on my Xbox One. Um, I love Shadow Complex. I want to preface, preface before anything else. <laughs> before I say anything else, I thought it was a great game. I think everyone should play it. And here comes a- the absolutely shit. Absolutely amazing. But, but <laughs> what is going on with this story? All right, uh, it's a so, little all over so the place. The, 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 I got to say, this has to be the shittiest date okay, ever, right? Because you know, it's like this guy goes out to go hiking mm. with this girl that apparently maybe he just met uh, very recently. And uh, they go out hiking. She gets kidnapped by a paramilitary organization trying to take over the world. Or at least America, I should say. Yeah, or create an inside a civil war in the United States. And he needs to save her. And then it turns out the whole time that she was a spy using him to infiltrate the system. And well, his like, dad had like it's corrected like, girl, you're a, you're a professional. What? You should be doing these what? infiltrations. Yeah. Why would you bring along a guy on a first date who you looked up his profile and thought, yeah, he'll do to save the country. What? Took him on a first date he hiking the and skills? then got yourself kidnapped and paralyzed. What a shitty... Damsel in distress scenario. It's pretty shitty. So, um, funny enough, it was actually the um, the, the original script was written by um, Peter David, who's done he's done comic books and he did he's a Star Trek novelist, and it's supposed to be parallel to the events of an Orson Scott Card book or series, um, Empire. Oh, that's where the racism uh. plays in. Oh, right. Uh, but <laughs> it was. Um, yeah, Empire. It'll dovetail with the sequel to the book Hidden Empire. So, it's um. 
not a strong story. Mm. But it's at fun all. gameplay. I mean, yeah. I, at the time, I wasn't offended because I was more thinking like, wow, this shit's dated. <laughs> but it's not that long ago. Yeah, and then the it other is in computer world. The other problem I had with the story is the opening sequence where you play as the guy who has the suit mm-hmm. trying to stop the assassination of the vice president. Mm-hmm. Wait, hold on. I what does that have to do with I anything? I had the remastered you version. Know. I did not play that. Yeah, that was in the original. It's like it's, yeah, it's the very beginning. You start as the guy, mm-hmm. like in Washington D.C. or the suburbs of D.C. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yes, yeah, sorry. It's real You're, short. Okay. Yeah. No, now I remember it. I I forgot it because it didn't match anything that went with the game itself. It's a okay. setup and for then, the larger world, but it doesn't. Don't they kill that guy by like taking control of his suit remotely? And if that's the case, why don't they just stop the protagonist in Shadow Complex by taking control of the suit that he's fucking stealing from them? Nah, his is special. Like he, they, it's the same suit. His was in like demo mode, you know, like <laughs> they, they have the store. Like it, yeah, it, I mean, it was hidden in so many different fucking places. I'm sure they figured. Like they, they honestly, they forgot that suit existed. Maybe that's the issue. They were yeah, gradually like misplacing parts. You know how you like you walk in the door when you get home after a like long day, and the one. first thing you, you just like <laughs> you're just like taking off clothes. Someone had that day all around the shadow complex. A huge base. Yeah, it was huge base. Uh, the game uh, for those who who did not play along with us is very Metroid style. It's a two point five D. One of the the real like early titles of 2.5D that I even remember. Yeah. Uh, and it's really set the stage, I think, for later things like Assassin's Creed uh, has done a lot of 2.5D now. Yeah, the, uh, so th- there's a lot of exploration, and um, you'll you'll get a, an, a power-up, and then you can go back and, like, re-explore areas and get, um, get more collectibles and that sort of thing. Uh, but one of the unique things about this game is that there's depth to it, which is where the 2.5D comes from, yeah, where so there can, can be, be enemies... Back. Like, and it's a full 3D environment, but you that, mostly interact in 2D. That is one of the things that, you know, when it came out way back mm-hmm. when, I, it didn't bother me. Now it bothers me of how fucking hard it is to shoot those guys. Sometimes you can't can be make tricky yourself sometimes, aim yeah. in the back. You kind of got to like wiggle the stick in yeah. that direction, and then maybe you'll turn. He's like, uh, uh. Yeah, you oh. Because you, uh, you can set the aiming, but it's almost like it does... You know, parallel to the screen, mm. whatever depth you're in, like this sort of angle, yeah. and then getting them to switch and go in is—you just have to pray that find the he sweet spot. that he locks onto the guy. There's mm-hmm. nothing you can do to guarantee that. It's really quite annoying. Uh, he's a pro. He's got it. No worries. So I mean, apparently, his, his, because cause his, his dad. dad told him that he should be prepared one day, and he didn't want to, and he rejected that. Look, it's it's a story old as time itself, right? <laughs> I mean, come on. Dad really wants girl. you to grow up girl and save the hiking. United States. Instead, you meet a girl named Claire who gets herself captured by a paramilitary organization, and you have to save the day relying on the skills that were instilled upon you from a very early age, including all the physical conditioning, for no reason that yeah. was apparent. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. It's the, like Hercules. The, the game was actually, and my, you know, I played it when it first came out on the Xbox 360. Playing it through for Game Club, it was actually shorter than I remember it being. Uh, I I didn't get every collectible I had the this time, problem. but I think it only took me six or seven hours, maybe. I think there's achievements the right to beat it 100 percent in three hours or less. Oh wow! So I mean, it's doable in considerably less time. I looked at the achievements, and I, my first thought was, yeah, fuck. <clears throat> Off. That's never happening. I uh, I haven't 100 percented it. Uh, I did get all of the the different uh, 
power-ups so that I could get the fusion helmet. So I, so I got the pass keys and I got all the, you know, the missiles and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and so I did get the fusion helmet. Fun hunting down those pass keys took a lot of time. How many pass keys are there? I think I've only... Twelve. I think, oh shit. There's twelve Yeah, I only found keys. like three or four in my playthrough. Yeah, they're really hidden and some of them are kind of obtuse mm. to get to. Mm. Uh, but I did because I wanted the fusion helmet. I don't know about you guys, but for me, that... I think it was the helmet that, that put it over the edge turned the final boss fight into kind of a joke. What does the fusion helmet do? I, mean, I didn't get that the first playthrough uh, either. So, you know when you first get the suit and it's like, oh, your power is at 50% and yeah. then you add uh, the... Boots the and super all that boots, Which I, the whole time I was like, laser team boots. Yes! <laughs> uh, or you get the, you know, the various things and it'll increase it by you know, 10%. That takes it the final percentage, so it's now like the suit's a hundred percent. But I think it, it felt more like it took it to two hundred percent. Either that, or although by the end I was just mowing through guys, I had no concerns about yeah. dying to humans. Even uh, without the fusion helmet, the last battle wasn't that difficult. Okay. It's like you jump around and you launch missiles at it's yeah a, it's, a flying it's, aircraft carrier. It like from the you can only make it so. I mean, again, it's being kind of new to the two and a half D. I imagine the play balancing was kind of challenging uh so maybe that was what kind of led to it being well i mean there's also scalable difficulty levels right you can i guess play back on i was playing normal. on i was playing on normal yeah you could if you found it not challenging you just didn't play it on hard enough skill level. i guess so, I guess so. I'm, I'm too good for normal <laughs> <laughs> the um yeah because there there were some decent boss battles i thought there's the one where they keeps trying to step on you and you have to shoot the foam mm. at it and oh, then like right. hook up and and tear pieces out so you can get its shield down so you can kill it that one for me was reasonably challenging, and then there were a lot of very challenging platforming segments if you were trying to get some of the uh, the of the various collectibles. Uh, and in comparison to some of those ordinary battles that you come across just in playing the game, the the final battle was at least they disappointing. Didn't, at least they never really just fell back on one mechanic, so it, it kept finding new ways <clears throat> to engage with the bosses, uh, and didn't just go get. You know, like oh, very. It's, uh, you throw a grenade under it. Well, I think they 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 can add that variety as you unlock different weapons. Right. You know, you're able to unlock the foam. You're able to unlock missiles. So it's like, though, how can you incorporate those into mm -hmm. into new battles? So I mean, I guess that makes sense. And by the end, you're Iron Man. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> like getting each of those power ups was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. You'd get them, and then immediately. Like the next thing you would encounter would be a thing to test like, them on and learn them and figure out how to how to use them to their fullest, and then you're just climbing around this in, this enormous base like a monkey. It's I, fantastic. I thought the game does a great job with the in-game map mm -hmm. showing you where to go and where your objectives are. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I think maybe separates it a bit from some of the old classic 2D Metroid games, where it was a you know in those old games it was just like. You just had to remember. Yeah, and then yeah. you would kind of explore it. Whereas here, it's like very clear. Like this is the line. This is where you need to go. And uh, I thought it was really easy to it navigate. Was a, it was a good balance of information because it showed you there's something of interest here that you haven't mm -hmm. got yet, uh, or there's something you totally got it here. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a full door here, or there's maybe a kind of sneaky way through here. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. uh, you know, or there's a full-on wall. So you could kind of map your way through if you knew you needed to get from point A to point B. But it wouldn't show you all the challenges that you've got coming up. Yeah. You had to encounter a lot of stuff as you hit it. Yeah. So overall, I mean, it's a it's a fun game. I think you know if you've mm -hmm. got if you see it for you sale for a couple bucks, definitely pick it up. I don't know how much it was. Uh, Let me look it up on Steam. Oh, right I now. Remastered was like fourteen ninety nine, but I, I could be wrong. Somewhere around there, I think it's pr it's probably worth like 
10, 15 bucks. I'm actually, if you're a completionist, I'd say it's easily worth 15 because the you'll probably have at least two or three playthroughs, which would get you... I mean, granted, one of the achievements is for doing it in... Un, I think it, there's a couple achievements for doing it under certain time right, blocks, there are. Mm -hmm. uh, which will kind of trim it down, but sometimes trying to do it in under a certain amount of time can lead to you playing more than you would yeah, uh, otherwise. So, definitely. Uh, there's a lot of replayability there if you're a completionist, and the platforming and the, the combat systems are... Interesting enough that replaying it would not, and the game's not long enough that you f would feel bad doing it a two or three. Right. Yeah. So players. the um, yeah the remastered version on Steam is fifteen bucks. Um, the achievements here. Let me look at the achievement list because it it is kind of insane. It's like, do you want to be a speedrunner? Start here. Yeah. There's um. <laughs> Get the boots. You know, it goes everywhere <laughs> from like super easy to where it's like, you know, melee five soldiers, and you go. Okay, yeah, first thing I did. Uh, but then you've got other ones that are, like, that are fun. They're, like, punt uh, 20 of the different, mm -hmm. like, Bombas, oh, the little yeah. robot dudes. Those are fun. Um, you know, you get 100 soldiers a scream, which is just, like, I guess trying to throw them off a high spot. Although I could never figure out, like, consistently, like, what the thing was to make a Seems like you have to, uh, at least I triggered it a lot when I was doing, like, a ledge kill. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you, yeah, if you just happen to knock them off something. Even if they, I think sometimes you could even shoot them. Yes, and if they fell off. And as long as they fall. Yeah, so there's, um, there's one that's, uh, once you get the boots and you superpower them up, there's, like, the hyperspeed. Ones to get uh, from one side of the lake to the other all in one hyperspeed. So you have to, like, memorize that map. Which sounds pretty crazy. Uh, complete the game with 100% of items. Great for completionists. I'm totally not going to do it. Uh, <laughs> complete the game with less than 13% of the items. So like a bare bones oh, run. That's interesting. Um, level up to 50, which... What did you like? What level ish were you guys when you completed? Oh, I'm pretty sure it was remember. like 17, 18. Uh, probably somewhere around there. I don't even remember. I will never I wonder, get maybe to 50. Maybe it rolls That's over just to subsequent play. Maybe like new game like plus. A, yeah. Yeah. I mean that that was for just for Shadow Complex. I think there's here we go. Remastered, so they basically went through and added more masochistic achievements for the mm -hmm. remastered version. Um, I know there's there's definitely one for the the. Do you guys do the secret ending? You can do that in about fifteen minutes. I don't probably. think so. It's it's very in the s same okay. genre as what, what was it? Wow. Well, I'm curious. What was the secret yeah. ending? Okay, so you know Claire gets taken. You go right. down, you find her, uh, but instead, like they start dragging her off. Instead of going after her, you can just go back up to the top. And you do have to kind of run kind of a circuitous path to get there and then jump a couple pretty significant gaps, but make it back to the starting area, get back in your Jeep, and just drive off. Oh, really? I like that. I, I like totally want to try that because yeah. she had no right to get me she involved really with didn't. that stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, as yeah, you drive off, the, the name of the achievement and what he says is like, mm, lots of fish in the sea. Wow. <laughs> I love it. I wow. am absolutely going to do that. I feel like I've earned it. So the remastered <laughs> version added, um, there's a complete the game at 100% in under two hours. Under two Jeez. hours. I don't even know how that's possible. Uh, and then there's a complete the game at 100% in under three hours on insane oh, difficulty. Wow. Um, complete the game at Four percent with only the flashlight, backpack, grenade, foam, and missile. Wow. Uh, yeah, and then there's the um, abandoned Claire. So I'm going to go back and get the abandoned Claire one because I feel like one. I yeah. feel like she's earned it. You have she's to go a little, a little bit little further abandonment. than you think. It's 15 minutes. I can do that. That's yeah, fine. I'd say you probably do in 15. Yeah, you have to because once you got jump down that hole, you can't just go back up. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to kind of go around and work your way to the other side of the gap. Gotcha. And then. Work across the top. Should we uh, pull out the cylinder? Yeah, we should. I feel like this was a good. This was a good month. It's yeah. a good game. Absolutely enjoyed playing it. And, but I mean, a lot of folks hopefully probably already did. But 
here we oh, go. Cylinder. Oh, 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 hold you're, on. You're we got we got new mics. We're still still learning them. Ready? Whoop. Nope. I added a couple of games in there today. Let's see if you got lucky. Okay, this. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I do that like every month. Okay. It's, it's hard to latch. Sometimes. This is Ryan's suggestion. Oh. It's called Never Ending Nightmares. That sounds like a Ryan game. Ryan, what is Never Ending Nightmares? Wait, let me see this ball. Is it? You're, you're, are you validating your handwriting? I don't know if this is my handwriting. I don't know that I I did this. Really? I so mean, Never Ending Nightmares. Um, it's a video game developed by Infinitap. It's a horror game drawing inspiration from the lead designer Matt Gilgenbach's personal struggles with obsessive compulsive disorder. Ryan? Wait, wait, wait. Let me. This sounds familiar. Uh, it's on Windows, OS X, Linux, PS4, Vita. Never ending. It came out in 2014. It's oh, there's a survival there's video horror. Up there. Oh, I mean, Ryan, you suggested this. I maybe I I maybe I was asleep. Maybe I this man that looks grim. So let's see. God, it looks awful. Never in, in the, good. Maybe oh, he's getting eaten. It was all a dream. Neverending Nightmares revolves around Thomas Smith, a young man who is suffering from a seemingly endless string of nightmares, hence the title. Another character, Gabby, is introduced as his little sister and frequently appears in his nightmares, occasionally changing roles. He finds her dead a lot. I he mean, also dies, sometimes by his own hand. It's Ryan. got a 74% on Metacritic. It sounds like it, I mean. Well, I look forward to playing it. We've played worse. All right, let's find out if this is our new sunset. So uh, we'll see you guys next time with Never Ending Nightmares. And um, next, I think next club is going next game club is gonna be a little bit different. We're gonna oh. we're gonna change the setup a little bit. We'll, okay. We'll we'll play with it. Okay. Should be sure. fun. Surprises. Bye. Boop. Bye.